hope, maybe even for us. We need a lot more people raising the ruckus. Start making a fuss, start giving up. And get out into the streets, and there may be hope. Hello, you're listening to KUBU, Low Power FM Radio in Sacramento. This is The Voice, The Voice of Sacramento. You can find KUB locally at 96.5 on your FM dial, or you can also listen to the station on the internet, accesssacramento.org. This program is The Climate Report, and I'm your host, Dale Steele. We're on weekly at this day and time. The program is brought to you by 350 Sacramento, a local climate action group inspired by 350.org. I'll be your host, and each program will provide you with local, regional, and national news about climate change, as well as local calendar events, interviews, and more. For more details, including past radio programs, or if you have questions or comments, please visit 350sacramento.org. Today on the Climate Report, we'll hear why teenage Greta Thunberg was just nominated as the leader on International Women's Day. Her original solo protest calling for leaders to radically prioritize climate change has had a huge ripple effect of youth protests in over 270 cities around the world. This Friday, March 15th, from noon to 2 p.m., a Sacramento youth protest strike for a Green New Deal and other necessary actions to solve the climate crisis will bring these demands to the west steps of the state capitol. Listen to youth concerns and support young people who have the most to lose from the increasing effects of climate change. And a new book is out, Trains, Buses, People, looks at the transit efforts in all 47 major U.S. cities that have rail and bus systems. I'll have a short summary on this book pointing out what is needed to make transit serve our needs and why it often falls short. And Daniel Sperling from UC Davis and the California Air Resources Board recently gave expert testimony on California's transportation efforts and challenges at a congressional hearing on transportation funding. I've got a detailed summary of his very important input later in the show. Music today... We'll hear One Day by Shutez Kat Martinez and Gasoline Gasoline, performed by a cast of many. And now, find shelter and get ready. It's time for the Climate Report. My name is Karen Morrow and I'm Professor of Environmental Law at the Hillary Rodham Clinton School of Law in Swansea University. My nominee is Greta Thunberg, with apologies for my Swedish, the teenage climate change activist. I have nominated her for several reasons. I find her immensely inspiring. She's a very young person who's found a way to give those who will be most affected by climate change, the young, a voice in a system where they have largely not had a chance to have their say until this point. I think it's important for us to recognize women uh, who've been an inspiration where they give voice to the female point of view and indeed the excluded point of view. Greta is a great example because she's speaking as someone who has a deep passion for caring for nature and her motivation is very clear and her urge to speak up for that that doesn't have a voice is so clear and so inspirational that everybody should actually see her speak. I think Greta's situation is particularly interesting because her protest started as just herself sitting outside the Swedish Parliament last summer, summer 2018, 
and this one young girl and her clear message communicated with clarity, compassion and commitment has inspired uh, young people across the world to actually protest, to actually demand to have their say on climate change. I think people may be surprised that Greta, at, when she started her campaign at 15, has managed to go from being a single girl protesting outside the Swedish parliament to someone who has spoken to the UN, uh, who has spoken at the Davos Forum, and who's inspired a movement of school strikes across the world. And she's used social media very capably to do that. She's used TED Talks, and she's taken the science she has learned and communicated it in clear, concise, and passionate way that can only influence when you hear it. Take it damn time till you find your own way Then a minute, the sky is the limit The industry game, then you know that I'ma win it Running in the rain, hands in the ground Renegade, radical, lost and I'm found Wanna make waves, beginning to strong Try to find myself amongst the masks that I've worn Magic in the moment, mobilizing masses Music that I'm making it, mainstream, it's massive Grasses, incredible on the other side Life is a journey, just along for the ride Yeah, and I'm taking it all Ready for this moment when the snow won't fall day, One day, ready for change Nothing but 11 letters written in my name Carved into stone, I'ma give him hell Written into history, the story that I tell Justify, we must live this life forever is a long way. One day, don't translate, we must meditate. This moment is all we got. Growing up on these streets, making music for free, you can reach for the sky. Mama told me, growing up on these streets, making music for free, gotta live for your dreams. Mama told me, from the ground up, so grassroots, family, the street dedicated to you, to the homies making beats in your basement and chasing a little recognition to the build the foundation. This goes out to you, to the kids running wild without their shoes. I refuse to follow the rules, following the leader man and following the truth. Young rebel, right in my own rhythm, rise from the rubble of the cities that we live in. Who am I kidding? The times that we living in, give me legitimate reason to remain vigilant. Life's a game, I play it like an instrument, let me see your hands in the sky, you feeling it. Listen to my voice, the words I speak. I'm in the streets for the change I seek. Practice what I preach, it's only the beginning. I'll make it one day, I'ma keep the world spinning. One day, don't justify, we must live this life Forever is a long way One day, don't translate, we must meditate This moment is all we got Growing up on the streets, making music for free You can reach for the sky, mama told me Growing up on the streets, making music for free Gotta live for your I'ma find my way Thanks for the crossroads that I face I hit within the beginning of all change Written for you My people, the reason that I rap Represent your voice in every single track H, how you learning? learning? for all the teachers Teaching me to tell the story Get up off the bleachers Easy, my life is 
rubber band. My suffering motivates a stroke of my pen. CA, California waves, and my Latino family from Diego to the Bay. Viva la raza, la revolución, la pelea de la gente es lo que me inspiró. From Mexico to the Titlan, jungla de Otidiana, regresada. And yeah. for the miracle of life I've been given, never find a kid this young and so driven. There's a new book out, Trains, Buses, People, an Opinionated Atlas of U.S. Transit. The book came out recently and was written by Christoph Spieler, an expert in transportation. And in his book, he analyzes every rail transit and bus rapid transit system in the United States and shows how to make transit successful. And just want to mention a few highlights from this book. Most of the time, transit discussions are about trains or buses or what technology is best. But transit is really about people. Riders care about walkability, connectivity, frequency, travel time, reliability, capacity, and legitimately much more than they care about steel wheels or overhead wires. Most of all, people care about whether transit goes where they want to go. The most important decision in transit is what places to connect. That's actually pretty easy. Find out where the densest places are. The more dense the area around a transit station is, the more people that can use it. Then identify centers. Those are the major employment centers, hospitals, universities, etc. And then connect the dot, one center to another, passing through those dense areas. We here in the United States are not very good at this. In city after city, major transit lines actually avoid dense areas, the places where most people want to go. Trains, buses, people focuses on how these decisions get made and why through maps, data, photos, diagrams, descriptions, and detailed analysis. It looks at 47 metro areas in the 50 states, the ones that have rail or bus rapid transit, and considers why they have built the transit that they did and how well it is working. It lays out what makes transit successful and the political issues, misconceptions, and policy limitations that hold it back. It's got Several parts to the book. The first part is the role of transit in the United States. Second part is the basics of successful transit. Third part describes the metro areas. By the way, Sacramento is included in this book. Again, this is a new book out, Trains, Buses, and People, an Opinionated Atlas of U.S. Transit. I think it offers a lot of information that's important for us to be thinking of both here and across California and beyond. And uh, you can find out more about the book from the website, trainsbussespeople.org. Encourage you to look into it. You're listening to KUBU, Low Power FM Radio in Sacramento. This is The Voice, The Voice of Sacramento. You can find KUB locally at 96.5 on your FM dial, or you can also listen to the station on the internet, accesssacramento.org. This program is The Climate Report, and I'm your host, Dale Steele. Last week, there was a congressional hearing entitled examining how federal infrastructure policy could help mitigate and adapt to climate change. 
I want to share some comments from one of the experts that testified at that hearing that are especially relevant for California. So Daniel Sperling is the Distinguished Professor of Engineering and Environmental Science and Policy and the Founding Director of the Institute of Transportation Studies at the University of California, Davis. He's also a board member for the California Air Resources Board, holding the transportation seat and was first appointed by Governor Schwarzenegger in 2007. So I want to share with you some of the comments that he submitted to the House of Representatives Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure for their hearing last week. So he came to share his thoughts on what California is doing to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from transportation, what we've learned so far, what the federal government might do, and a focus on new approaches to funding and incentives. The opportunity exists for the first time in half a century to create a truly sustainable transportation, economically, environmentally, and socially. And he says... To continue, California has been a pioneer in reducing greenhouse gas emissions while improving the economy and the mobility and accessibility of its residents. California is home to some of the world's strongest environmental protections while growing to become the fifth largest economy in the world. California policies have created markets for energy efficiency, energy storage, low carbon fuels, renewable power, and zero emission vehicles. California is home to nearly half of the zero emission vehicles in the United States, 40% of North American clean fuel investments, and the world's best known electric car manufacturer and the world's leading ride sharing services. California has demonstrated that one can invest in clean energy, efficient buildings, and sustainable transportation to grow a healthy environment while still growing the economy. Since 2010, California's economy, per capita income, and the size of the private workforce have all grown significantly faster than the national average, while at the same time reducing its carbon emissions back to the level they were at in 1990. But California is not an island. Especially important in understanding and crafting solutions to climate change, a global problem, where ports, industries, water supplies, and wildfires in many communities are all vulnerable to climate change. California aims to be a leader and model, and California's strategy is to employ a suite of policy approaches combining carbon pricing with other complementary programs, including market-based compliance mechanisms, performance standards, technology requirements, and incentives. A large variety of approaches are needed to grow the economy, solve environmental problems, and adapt to climate change. But we've learned over the past decade that climate change is happening more quickly and with greater impact than we had imagined, and we need to pay special attention to transportation. What we see in California is that despite the rapidly growing number of low and zero emission vehicles, emissions are stubbornly rising. The important role of transportation and its link to land use, the California's transportation system underpins its economy. The extensive freight system moves trillions of dollars of goods every year and supports nearly one-third of the state economy and more than five million jobs. But transportation is also the largest source of greenhouse gas and toxic diesel particulate matter emissions in the state. This is not unique to California. Where and how population grows will also have implications for traffic congestion, demand for new infrastructure, and demand for maintenance and upkeep of existing infrastructure. This includes roads, transit, and active transportation infrastructure. Historic patterns of growth continue to shape the country. While California has grown to be the fifth largest economy in the world with world-class cities and thriving communities, many residents still have no choice but to spend significant time and money driving from place to place. The way we grow 
imposes and often reinforces long-standing racial and economic injustices by placing a disproportionate burden on low-income residents, who end up paying the highest proportion of their wages for housing and commuting. These residents also often live in communities with the most health impacts from lack of active transportation infrastructure and transportation pollution. Communities are the heart of California's efforts to address climate change, urban and rural ones, and big and small ones. We cannot meet our goals without re-envisioning the way that we plan and build them. So Sperling's testimony goes on to talk about innovative California initiatives in place. Quote, I'd like to present a sampling of major California initiatives to reduce transportation greenhouse gas emissions, which also bolster the economy, enhance public health, revitalize disadvantaged communities, improve mobility, and strengthen resilience to disasters and changing climate. And they're often the same strategies that reduce the transportation sector greenhouse gas emissions. The California Sustainable Communities Program from Senate Bill 375 is a law now that sets targets for metropolitan areas to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from passenger transportation. This law has been highly successful at motivating leaders and community groups to reframe how to align transportation and environmental strategies and investments. Truly a paradigm shift for the transportation community. What we've learned, though, is that strong carrots and perhaps some sticks are still needed to go the next step of accomplishing the actual change at the local level. One example of going to the next step is a variety of policy and funding processes that are being explored to infuse environmental criteria more deeply into transportation funding decisions. As we continue to develop new approaches to transportation planning, it's important that we continue to measure and assess what we have now. The transportation system is rapidly changing, so it's important that we have up-to-date data to inform our decisions. Well, California is investing in infrastructure that supports a suite of low-carbon transportation choices. The low-carbon fuel standard is structured to incentivize the supply of transportation fuels that are lower-emitting and support zero-emissions technology. For example, zero-emissions technology use is credited to the low-carbon fuel supplier, such as electric utility or transportation agency. Those credits are valued at over $0.10 per kilowatt. They're used to fund electric vehicle charging and hydrogen fuel stations. They're expected to be converted into rebates to electric vehicle buyers, and that's estimated to be about $2,000 per vehicle. The California Energy Commission has committed $276 million for charging infrastructure and $140 million for hydrogen station to be fully spent within about three years. Funding from the Volkswagen settlement $1.2 billion is being made available to California over 10 years, mostly for electric vehicle charging stations, electric transport and school buses, electric trucks, electric forklifts, and other equipment at ports, electric airport ground support equipment, electric ferries and tugboats, and low nitrogen oxide combustion engine trucks, locomotives, and ships. Proceeds from California's carbon cap-and-trade program are being used for investments and incentives to reduce emissions for transportation. Of the $9.4 billion available for public spending since 2012, more than $7 billion is being used to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from transportation through a variety of programs. These include incentives of funding for clean cars, buses and trucks, and off-road vehicles, high-speed rail, active transportation, and more. Innovative efforts include linking affordable housing housing, transit, bike path, car sharing, and urban greenery. Recent increases in California's gasoline diesel tax 
SB1 provides billions of dollars of, of transportation funds to support California's air pollution, climate, and public health priorities. Over $800 million of that is allocated to active transportation, sustainable communities planning grants, transit and rail investments, and a new congested corridors program. The Solutions for Congested Corridors program provides competitive funding based on performance measures tied to funding. The program requires that regions have adopted sustainable community strategy as part of their regional transportation plan. Project applications are scored and selected based on the metrics of accessibility, economic development, job creation and retention, air pollution and greenhouse gas reductions, and efficient land use. So as we look into the future, we need to rethink how transportation dollars are spent. In California alone, over $1.1 trillion will be spent on transportation infrastructure over the life of the current transportation plans. Yet these spending plans often do not reflect key sustainability goals. Federal and state governments, including California, need to update transportation funding to better align projects with health, equity, economic, and environmental policies. In California, 24 counties have passed local transportation sales tax measures, a significant portion of many regions' transportation funds. These measures often list specific projects, locking them in for years or decades. Often, these measures do not fully fund their listed project, with the result that they go on to capture the region's otherwise flexible state and federal funds. While some of these projects or measures have been remarkably supportive of sustainability goals, others are not. Well, fiscally sustainable and equitable methods for funding transportation system are needed, and they should be designed and adopted in a manner that aligns transportation goals with environmental and health goals. This alignment can be achieved through project performance criteria and funding formulas that account for environmental outcome and road user charges that account for congestion and environmental externalities. Funding programs could be created to fund pilot tests of strategies for improving transportation efficiency, such as shuttles, enhanced transit service, pooling facilitated by ride hailing, protected bike lanes, and bike and scooter sharing, possibly to make travel easier in key zones that are currently highly congested, such as urban downtown. Well, looking to the future, we also need to use policy to direct new mobility services towards the public interest. New mobility options offer an extraordinary opportunity to improve accessibility to jobs, school, health, and more. Outside dense core cities, public transit is not efficient and does not serve many people well. An important goal is to improve mobility and accessibility for everyone, but to do so in a way that reduces vehicle miles traveled. It's possible and desirable, but only if the right policies are in place. If we don't intervene, the likely outcome is higher costs for travelers and infrastructure, greater environmental costs, and reduced accessibility and mobility by the most disadvantaged segments of our population. California California is just beginning to pursue policies that direct these to many new services, technologies, and business models, including demand-responsive ride-hailing companies, microtransit vans and small buses, and micro-mobility options such as dockless scooters and bikes, all towards the public interest. Some of these initiatives include regulations to accelerate the use of electric vehicles and passenger pooling by Lyft and Uber and other transportation network companies. They're being adopted in response to a new law, SB 1014, which is the Clean Miles Standard and Incentive Program, calling for innovative ways to curb greenhouse gas emissions. 
There's also pilot testing of innovative ideas and services to speed the adoption of clean and efficient transportation solutions, promoting the use of pilot projects that bring together innovators, technical experts, community members, and decision-making partners to find creative solutions for accelerating a change to travel choices away from single occupancy vehicles while improving accessibility and access to opportunity, particularly for low-income communities. The capital city of Sacramento, the regional metropolitan planning organization, SACOG, is developing a Green Means Go pilot program that incentivizes and accelerates infill development, reduces vehicle mile travels, and increases electric vehicle use within designated green zones or opportunity areas. Green zones complement SACOG's Civic Lab pilot program, which focuses on targeted innovative transportation solutions and new ideas that can be scaled up throughout the region. So emerging public-private partnerships are also helping to pave the way, and incentive funding to explore innovative solutions are the key. For example, the Car-Free Living Program is the first-of-its-kind partnership that encourages residents to use public transportation and rideshare, providing a more affordable alternative to car ownership. The real estate developer is enthusiastic because they do not provide as much expensive parking garage spaces and new residents who participate in the car-free living program receive a $100 monthly transportation credit per apartment to use with various services. And any resident can also catch a ride in an Uber pool to nearby public transit stations for a flat fee. So in conclusion, transportation is in need of a fix, not just because of greenhouse gas emissions, but also because of degrading road infrastructure, worsening traffic congestion, declining transit ridership, and large numbers of people with poor access to jobs, health, and education. Transportation is also an opportunity. Innovation is everywhere. California is partnering some initiatives, as are others. But much more needs to be done. Reforming federal and state policies to encourage innovation and incentivize change should be a top priority. Funding should be used to support initiatives that promote environmental, social, and economic goals. So again, Again, these are the expert comments from Daniel Sperling, Distinguished Professor of Engineering and Environmental Science and Policy and Founding Director of the Institute of Transportation Studies at the University of California, Davis. He's also a board member of the California Air Resources Board, has been for over 10 years, and he was speaking to the U.S. House of Representatives Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure at a hearing they held in late February entitled Realigning Federal Infrastructure Policy to Mitigate and Adapt for Climate Change. You took me for a ride and now we're lost. I'm choking on your pollution trip. You're making me cough. You're turning me off. I'm breaking this relationship. Gasoline, gasoline. You're driving me insane. Gasoline, gasoline. The world's a flame. Gasoline, gasoline. I found someone new. Someone better. With my foot to the floor We We gotta gotta leave you in the ground 
forget to check out my other radio program on KUBU, Making Tracks, focusing on wildlife, nature, and environmental issues every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m., right after the Climate Report. And be sure to tune in Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for Radio EcoShock and the latest on science, issues, and authors dealing with climate change and the environment on a global scale. Hosted and produced by Alex Smith. Don't miss it. You're listening to KUBU, Low Power FM Radio in Sacramento. This is The Voice, The Voice of Sacramento. You can find KUB locally at 96.5 on your FM dial, or you can also listen to the station on the internet, accesssacramento.org. This program is The Climate Report, and I'm your host, Dale Steele, drawn weekly at this day and time. This program is brought to you by 350 Sacramento, a local climate action group inspired by 350.org. I'll be your host, and each program will provide you with local, regional, and national news about climate change, as well as local calendar events, interviews, and more. For more details, including past radio programs, or if you have questions or comments, please visit 350sacramento.org. There may be hope, maybe even for us. We need a lot more people raising a ruckus, start making a fuss, start giving a... Get out into the streets and there may be hope.